The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. But Nate, we're forgetting about you like always because we have another guest today, Angels beat writer for The Athletic, Sam Blum. Sam, how you doing? Good. Good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah. No, excited. I'm just, thank you for coming on. First off, really do appreciate it. Um, plug it, plug everything right now, you know, Twitter, uh, where they can find, everybody can find your work, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Well, I guess I should probably plug the company first. So, uh, you know, follow us or read us at the athletic, uh, you know, go to the angels tab. It's worth, uh, you know, worth it for ever, for all the coverage at, at the website, but certainly, uh, hopefully for the angels coverage and then on Twitter at Sam Blum three, and I don't have anything else to follow me on. So that's it. Snapchat? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. So that's fantastic. So, uh, man, how's the off season been going for you? Pretty good. Uh, I know it's yeah, not it's interesting. Great. Interesting off season, right? Um, and who knows how long this off season will last? I'm hopeful it's like another, you know, thirty minutes, but we'll see. Um, it's uh, no, it's you know, interesting. Obviously, had that trial a couple weeks ago, and uh, a lot of downtime, a lot of try to figure out, you know, what to write about. But it's uh, it's been good. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's over though. Absolutely. And you're in, you're in Arizona right now doing a little uh, yep. coverage of spring training, right? How's that going out there? It's interesting. You know, it's uh, the angels are now they're at uh, old San Francisco giants facility. Uh, they're not playing in Tempe because of renovations. Um, so they're in Scottsdale and it's just minor leaguers. Obviously it's, you know, a lot of the top prospects are there, but it's, and a lot of them have been there for a long time, but it, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's not major league baseball, but it's, I know you guys are all about minor league. So uh, it's probably the best, you know, it's good time for you guys, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing major league baseball players out here. Hopefully. Minor leaguers are play- people too. I'm, I'm just, oh, absolutely. I'm, I, I I'm think, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm oh, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is a little bit different. I know that, you know, like it's not spring training without those. It's not spring training without Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and, and, and those type of guys. So it's, and the competition too, you know, I think like a lot of these guys, and the interesting thing about it is some of the players we haven't seen on the roster that are here, like Kyle Barraclaw, um, Magnary Sierra, who are players that are on minor league deals, not on the 40-man roster, but aren't here either because I think uh, they were given the option just because of the lockout. So, And those are former major league players. So it's, you know, it's interesting the dynamics of play, and, and we're not really getting a chance to see, uh, you know, that competition and that opportunity for, for guys to put themselves in a position to make the roster. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see how it all, all shakes out when it's all said and done. And, and just 
briefly so you guys know we recorded this the night before and there are talks going on right now um so i mean honestly lockout could end right now and and who knows what we could talk about we'll see we'll see how it goes we'll see how long this night goes and and, into tomorrow and and such like that when you guys are listening to this but uh let's first start off with a little bit of actually nate i forgot how you doing my friend are you you okay i forgot about you down there we always forget about (laughs) me it's fine no it's good to be here uh excited to have sam on so it's gonna be a good podcast of course. Yeah, no, I'm excited. We can talk a little bit of baseball. So let's start this off with a little rap fire for, uh, for Sam here. Um, you okay with that, Sam? We'll get a little sure, I hope. Here. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. So let's start off. Best baseball movie, your favorite baseball movie for you? Paul Durham. Ooh, good one. Good. That's one we haven't heard a lot of. That's a good one. Yeah. Underrated, good I think, one. too. Um, favorite or best baseball uniform of all time? I, I really like the Tampa Bay Devil Rays uniforms. Montreal Expos too. Those are good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's really good. I like that. I like that. Another one we haven't heard before. So um, you, had a favorite, you have a favorite player right now or a favorite player growing up? Uh, David Wright, a group of Mets fan. Nice. Did you play uh, growing up a little bit? <laughs> I don't know what, what constitute is playing, so <laughs> I'll say no. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. That's cool. Yeah. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Uh, what would your walk-up song be if you had a walk-up song? Oh, I've never thought about this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you on the spot, man. I actually don't. I, I couldn't give you an answer. Um, genre, at least. Yeah, you got. I don't know. I'm trying to think of an actual song. Um, <laughs> you know, I really, when I was a kid, I loved when they played the Cotton Eye Joe at baseball games. So I'll go with that. Heck yeah, love it. That's a good one too. That's a yeah. good one too. Um, finally, you're in the press box a lot. So, what's your uh, favorite snack or meal in the press box? You know, I, I'm sure I annoyed people this year because I would actually go and sit up in the second row and just like eat ballpark peanuts like they crack it up and like, they have like a big napkin of just shells so i'm sure i really piss people off with that but uh i'll go with peanuts <laughs> dad, dad jeff didn't uh jeff fletcher didn't tell you not to do that um I, that's why i sat in the second oh, round well, i didn't want right, to that's, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good that's that's all i got for you i figured we'd break the ice a little bit yeah. and let everybody get yeah. there so well i appreciate it appreciate it so sure. let's get on to uh get on to you you uh you've been writing uh for the athletic for the angels beat writer now for since july i think you told me july yeah yeah um how'd you get the gig how'd, how'd that all happen you know? man i applied for they had an opening uh dodgers opening um and uh they just moved fabian ardaya you guys are obviously familiar with uh onto that and uh they asked if i wanted to do angels and i said absolutely so that's how it all happened it's uh i was covering i was in texas i was covering college sports and and helping out on the Rangers uh, for the Dallas morning news before that. And uh, I wanted to cover baseball like full time. And this was a really good chance to do that, obviously. Yeah. So that answers my question. I mean, it's always been baseball or do you want to write about other stuff? I mean, I enjoyed covering college sports because it's just a really unique industry and there's a lot of dynamics that I think, you know, need to be covered, but it's, you know, it's the same thing in pro baseball. It's just, uh, you know, different storylines a different you know when you're covering pro sports it's a it's a whole different animal but yeah i i, I mean i know people complain about the grind of covering major league baseball like because it, it is really tiring because you're there from like you know two in the afternoon sometimes till 12 at night but it's and it's every day but i i wanted that experience so i'm you know we'll see how i feel after a full six month season which i hope we have but um you know i i like i like the idea of doing that <laughs> absolutely yes. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, um, like I said, for me in minor leagues, like I, I get out there at, you know, two, three, four o'clock, maybe hopefully see some batting practice, see some infield. And then, you know, minor league games, there's maybe a thousand, 2000 people there 
at some games and you know th- that gets a little bit tougher so major league baseball definitely a lot more fun to cover the minor leagues but uh regardless i mean it's pretty sweet it's a pretty sweet gig you got man baseball is baseball you know it's a great game i mean that's what i'm saying i don't like to complain about it because it's you know i know a lot of people would like this job so it's uh, i'm excited to have it <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely yeah. and i mean when it comes to college college and pro sports i always say you know like college basketball is better than nba i think that college oh, football yeah. is better than the nfl and we're almost getting to that point where the ncaa baseball is getting better than than major league baseball especially when there's not baseball being played so i love college baseball is i've been going i since i moved I'm, i live in long beach and i've been just i've been to like four games already <laughs> out there just uh, that's a good that's cool. yeah long beach state's fantastic who'd you see yeah. play Saw them play Sacramento State, uh, then they played North Dakota weekend. State this week. What's that? That was a tough weekend for them, man. They, yeah, they lost, I think, every game by, like, one run, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they, so. they started off hot against Miss, and then they came home, and they just decided that hitting was not important anymore. And yeah, I think they got swept by Sac State, and then went and played UCLA and struck out 19 times. I have ESPN3, so I have way too much time on my hand, and I've been watching all this stuff. <laughs> but I absolutely love this stuff, so I can talk college baseball with you all. I, I, yeah, I'm a big college baseball. I mean, I covered Auburn and UVA. Oh, yeah. uh, no, that was the year Auburn went to the College World Series. So was Mize uh, there when you were there? Who's that? Casey Mize? Was that? No, that was the year before. Year before, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, they didn't have like a big superstar player that year. Just and they were they were a three seed, I think, in the NCAA tournament, and they yeah. just kind of went on the on a run. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you got a. Let's see, where'd you where'd you play, Nate? Again, it's like southeast, <laughs> northwestern Nebraska, out of Ohio or something like that. Where'd you play? <laughs> nah, uh, southeast Missouri State was uh, so. We, oh, that's we played some, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. You, I was thinking it was gonna be some nope. <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, no. oh. He loves to make fun of it, but it was the one. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, Tennessee Tech was um, my ch- senior year. Tennessee Tech played Texas in the Super Regionals and lost in Game Three for a chance to go to uh, the College World Series. So I do, I do vaguely that remember was, that. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, Cody Clemens' senior year, I believe, or junior year, his last year at Texas. So that was a good. Like, really good. We played them three times, and it was tough. So, fun times. I love college baseball. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's, it, it's a growing – I think. I mean, it's, you know, only certain parts of the country, I think, really care about it, but it, it hopefully grows. Yeah. I mean, the Southeast – you play a game in the Southeast, and oh, my gosh. Like, playing at Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Missouri, like, there's nothing like it. Like, it's unbelievable. One of the best experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I said, I mean, college baseball, I think we're getting to that point where South, almost Southeast, you mentioned it, Nate, Southeast college baseball is getting to be almost better than major league baseball at some point. Like, you know, not mm-hmm. to, not to brag on, not to be that guy with the angels, but like sometimes, you know, angels games aren't that fun to go to sometimes. And, and you know, we all, we all know that it, it gets rough sometimes when Mike Trout isn't playing and Shohei Otani isn't playing and, and Jack Mayfield is batting third and Phil Gosson's batting fourth. So um, besides that, besides that fact, um, fantastic that we all enjoy college baseball. And that's, that's pretty cool. That you've been going to Long Beach State games. Uh, yeah, no, the, the beach, I'm excited for basketball too, because they just won the, they won the conference. Yeah. That's kind of what got me into it. I started going to some bas- basketball games. And they're like, now they're just won the conference. Hopefully they, uh, you know, go to the tournament too, but why not yeah. go for the beach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch out, watch out for uh, Trent Rush. He's uh, the UCI guy. I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> I see his tweets. Yeah. 
So. I feel I, we don't. I haven't talked to him about it, but I do feel a bit of a rivalry, just like when I see the tweets. I'm like, <laughs> day, day one spring training or day one uh, opening day, whenever yeah. that is, walk in with a Long Beach State jersey on. See, I got yeah. yeah. I should do that. That'd be a <laughs> lot of if they beat him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you man. should do that. Yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So let's get on to a little bit more baseball talk, or major league baseball talk, should we say? And and we got the lockout going, like we said, we got talks going right now, talks going throughout the week. We don't know when. This could possibly end, but uh, I just want to kind of get your take on on everything that's going on. I don't want to get you in too much trouble uh, if with anything you say, but you know, what do you what do you got on this lockout? What, do you, what are your feelings? I mean, I just listen. I obviously think that this is on the owners. That's my. That's just you know. I don't think certainly enough people at our website have written that. So I've you know I feel like I could probably <laughs> say it too. Um, it's you know I think I appreciate the fact that the offer seems to be getting better that. You know, it seems like they are genuinely negotiating right now. That's at least the perception I get. So hopefully that that continues and it, it doesn't take that much longer to reach a deal. But it's taken a really long time for them to even get to the point where I feel like the negotiations have been serious, um, where their actual offers. They, you know, the lockout, I think they took 43 days to even, you know, sit down after this whole thing started. So the, the fact that games are now in jeopardy is kind of ridiculous. Um, it's, yeah, I mean... The, the players obviously felt like they needed to make significant strides. Um, it's going to take compromise. Uh, I think they're willing to do that. Um, but, you know, I don't believe that the players are going to, to cave on this. I think that if that's what the owner strategy is, it's not going to really work. Um, maybe over the course of months and months, you never know what could happen. But, um, you know, they're getting a stipend. I think that there's the vast majority of players seem to be pretty, pretty united on this front. And I have a feeling that, um, that the owners like in 2020, like we saw, you know, when they ended up agreeing to, even though they never made it a formal agreement, they did agree to pay the, the full prorated salaries. Um, it's just the players are going to hold out. Cause you know, this is, there's a history of this in baseball of players being, you know, united together and whether it's been through previous strikes or, or in this case, you know, waiting to get a good CBA. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's a brotherhood uh, for sure. Like I said, I know we're not all we're not involved with the players or anything like that, but it's for sure definitely a brotherhood. Like everybody talks to everybody. Um, it's it's one of those things and, and not to make it like a rivalry, like players versus owners or anything like that. Um, but it, it, it definitely is kind of starting to feel like that. And it, it's, it's a little bit interesting. Is there anything you, you'd like to see get changed uh, on, on the lockout front? Like I'm on the, you know, CBT, CBA, bigger bases type of thing. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to like some of the rule changes, I really don't, I hope they don't ban the shift I think it's really part of the fun of the game I think that to me is you know the best part about baseball is the if you're really into watching the game and you're really interested in the sport like the the strategy and the intricacies that kind of go back you can see go back and forth and the preparation that goes in before a game and that so much is seen in, in how teams shift and how teams you know align defensively um you know and I think it takes skill to be able to hit against a shift like that's you know that's part of being a good baseball player um so to me, I think I would. I, I, it seems like that's going to be something that that does. That I'm going to be overruled on this, obviously, but I hope that that doesn't change. I hope that they go back to regular uh, extra innings and nine inning double headers and and you know just traditional stuff. I mean, you know, I don't personally think there is a huge issue with like how long the games go. Maybe pace of play is an issue, but you know, to me, I think that's kind of a, a talking point and something we've heard a lot since Rob Manfred became. Um, the commissioner. So 
uh, that to me, I, those are the things that I, I obviously, as a, as just someone who watches baseball and enjoys kind of has enjoyed the game my whole life. I hope they don't make some of those changes, but you know, it, just what I'd also like to see is I, I think the, the, to me, the biggest issue on this lockout is minimum pay um, for, for players. I know that's not, does not seem to be the biggest, you know, thing that's being talked about right now, but you know, the, there's a lot of players who, who could really use a, you know, a pay bump from, from 570 to like, you know, 720. Uh, that's, that's a big pay bump. So, and yeah. you know, I think that impacts most people in, in a pre-arb uh, pool that and again impacts the same people. So that's who I think really, really needs this type of change who needs this, this lockout to, to get the most out of it. So we'll see. Hopefully that's, that's, uh, you know, that's who benefits from it. Absolutely. And, and I feel like you're kind of on the same page as, as Nate and I here um, with this, like you're, you are a traditionalist, but you do like to see the the new side of baseball as well, which is which is pretty cool. At least that's what I picked up. You know, you're kind of in that middle. You're kind of the Joe Madden ground where it's like it's not old school, but it's not new school. You know, you got to find that middle ground. And I think that's where a lot of people are are, are struggling right now. So I, I like to see yeah. that. You know. Yeah. No, that's a good way to do yeah, it. Joe Madden is like that, where he's like he'll he will only like pitch righties against lefties. You know what I mean? Like that's or vice versa. Rather, only hit righties against lefties and vice versa. But like. I, you know, but then you, like you said, he'll also have, you know, interesting shifts and weird lineups and he'll do different things. I just think as long as it's within the bounds of the rules, then that, then it's good. Like that's what the shift has always been, at least to my knowledge, always been within the rule. I know it's something that's more new school, but I hope they don't get rid of it because it's, you know, if you change that, then you're basically changing the entire concept of baseball, in my opinion. It just makes the game more offensive. But I do have an interesting question based off of that. So the Rays are probably predicted to finish first place. If they ban the shift, are the Rays still the first place team in the East? That's a really good question. I mean, I, I don't. I'm think sorry, I'm just, I'm just thinking outside the box. Real quick. No, no, I, I think it's a good, it's a good, it's a good question. I mean, because here's my thought on that is like the reason why the Rays are good. Yes, I think a lot of it is they have people that are really smart that know how to take advantage of every single thing that they can. So you lose that ability to, to be able to, you know, find an advantage. And that obviously is not going to help them. But at the same time, they're also good because they have developed a lot of really great players. They have developed really well. Yeah, I mean, they just have some of the best young players in the game pretty consistently. Um, great defensive team and just, you know, hit all throughout the order. So it's – they know how to find advantages elsewhere, even outside of just defensive alignment. And I'm sure they'll be able to be better than everyone else. So – I, I love the way the Rays are run. There's just it's a really cool team. That's why I said the Devil Rays because I just thought about that. Honestly, I just I'm not a Rays fan, but I'm just like a really big fan of the Rays. I don't know if that, I know there's two different. Yeah, no, no. I mean, like, when when yeah. Kenny came on the show, like when when Kenny came on the show, and we were able to kind of pick his brain a little bit about the Rays and how they run and what he was able to learn from them. Jared and I were jacked for that one. Like we yeah. were like, all right, let's find out what he can tell us without telling us everything and you know what made you guys so successful and it, it was really cool to just hear his opinion on the differences between some organizations like we were really excited for that one the thing about kenny is like if kenny were in the angels organization that guy would never be a, a potentially taken in a rule five minor league draft like never because no. if that just the fact that he's available shows that, that they know what they're doing yep 
Oh yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like the development side of things like, and, and we, now we're getting into the minor league side of things, which is, which I love, but like their development. I mean, you look at the best teams in, in baseball right now and you look at like what they're doing, it's development, you know, like the Dodgers, the reason why they went out and were able to go get Max Scherzer and rookie bets and these guys, it's because they've been developed, they've been able to develop and been able to trade these guys away. And, and it's fantastic. It's, it's great. You know, I love the, the, what the Rays have done. I love what the I just Braves. love it the Braves, like every Braves, anybody, the Nationals when they won the World Series. I mean, like all these teams that have been really good. The White Sox are, are developing really well right now. The the Rays have developed really well. The Yankees have traditionally developed really well. The Red Sox even. So I mean, yeah, that's been the biggest thing. And even the Astros, even though they kind of tanked and did it the easy way, but I mean, all these teams have been successful because of development and like yes i know i said the easy way but just because you're picking first in the draft does not mean you're going to hit on the first pick of the draft so i mean they didn't hit on mark Appel, so there's that side of things i mean they hit on everybody else but they didn't hit on number one overall pick you didn't make to the to the pros and you know they had some others but yeah, yeah. It's tough absolutely. To number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah. no 100 so um no, interesting conversation i really really enjoyed it but uh let's get on to a little bit you know, different conversation. We haven't really talked about this here on the show uh, for multiple reasons, but um, you were at the Tyler Skaggs trial. I mean, an absolutely fascinating trial, to be honest. I know that that's kind of a weird thing to say, but when you like break it down and look into it, it was absolutely fascinating. You know, I don't want you to go into it too much, but give us a little breakdown about um, what that was like, man. Well, you're right that it is like really fat. I mean, I think that it was just, it was tough in a lot of ways and you're dealing with people's families and all that, but it was a really fascinating trial because, I mean, you're dealing with a lot of things that are important in American society right now, like, you know, opiate addiction, um, you know, at, now that now that we're talking about a conviction here, we're, you know, we're also talking about like these federal minimum, uh, minimum punishments. So Eric Kay is going to have to go to jail, at least according to his lawyer for at least 20 years, which is, is a big sentence for, for, you know, for this, honestly. Uh, it, it's, it was a tough trial to cover just because it was, you know, my first experience kind of doing something like that. And I think when you're there every day and you kind of hear the evidence and you, and you kind of, you know, you're like a juror to some extent, um, you're trying to parse through everything, decide what's important, uh, cover the things that are, are, you know, coming out every day and taking down notes and, and just listening to it all. Um, it's, uh, I think it's tough for the angels, obviously. Uh, this is not a good reflection on them. Um, it's, you know, beyond, six players testifying or excuse me, five players testifying that they, and obviously it was six, if you include Tyler, uh, you know, that they bought drugs from Eric Kay. It's, it's just, it's tough to think that that's something that could have happened um, and, you know, happened for years. So not a good look for the angels, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's the Skaggs family that I think most about and, uh, you know, and, and Eric's family too, now dealing with this, it's also tragic for them too. So it's just really tough. Um, you know, I, don't want to opine on the on the results or anything like that, but it was a uh, you know it was a tough case to prove. I'll say that. Absolutely, yeah. No, it, it was like I said, it, extremely tough. Especially you were and you did a fantastic job, by the way, of of Thank covering you. it. Everybody there um, did a fantastic job because it's not an easy thing. Oh, yeah. um, but you you were one hundred percent the right guy to do it in the Angels organization because you look at people that were kind of in a sense connected with Eric and, and that's a tough thing because, and I'll say this, I mean, I've had the pleasure of talking with Eric quite a few times and, and he's a great guy, you know, he had some bad things happen, but he's, he's a great guy, you know, just yeah. like Tyler, you know, and Tyler's a great guy and, all, and uh, everything like that. And the Skaggs family is a fantastic family and, and 
you know, we know the mom and, and Carly and, and, you know, fantastic family and the, the K family is a fantastic family as well. So, I mean, all around just a horrible thing that happened. Um, but again, you were the right guy that went and covered it, you know, that didn't have the huge connection. And, and I want to say you did a fantastic job, by the way. So Thank you. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. that. Especially in and, this uh, tough situation. It was <laughs> tough. And even though I didn't know, I didn't know Eric, um, you know, and I, and he didn't testify. So I you never really heard him, uh, still really uncomfortable just being there for the, for the, for the verdict. Um, you know, I felt for him to be honest. And, and I feel, I felt equally for the Skaggs family who I know has been through as much as anybody. So uh, anyone could go through, any family could go through, but it's like, you just, you feel for everyone. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a long punishment and I don't Absolutely. know what else to yeah. say. No, no, exactly. Like I said, no, I, I just yeah. want, I knew you were there. Oh, yeah. I, wanted to just, I wanted to kind of get, I didn't want to dive too deep into it or anything oh, yeah, like yeah. that, but you were there and I just kind of wanted to bring that up to a point and tell you, you did a fantastic job. Thank man. you. No, I appreciate that. At the end of the day. So Nate, I know you had a couple questions here before we, uh, before we let Sam go. Yep. Favorite interview. Um, you've ever had most memorable interview or favorite player you've interviewed? I mean, there's a bunch of different ways you can go with this question. I'm sure you could take the easy way and uh, pick up. talking just angels or? We'll go anyone. I'm fine with anyone here. You know, Even if there's a college guy that you interviewed before he became big, I'm fine with that one too. The thing, I, I wouldn't say favorite interview, but I would just say one of the more interesting experiences I ever had was going in the locker. I was the first person in the locker room after UVA lost to UMBC. Um, that was, that was a weird experience walking into that locker room. Um, cause I just, you just don't know how people are going to react. And, and that I was, I found that to be such a, cause like some people were talkative and, and, you know, engaging and some people were like, just not even have the ability to even like get a word out. So it was just such a really unique situation. And, um, you know, it, you just realize when you're in the moment right there, when you're, when you're like, man, this is a, this is a time when you have to like kind of rise to the occasion and write something good. Um, and I love those types of, those types of times, those types of, you know, opportunities, cause they only come around every once in a while. So, you know, I wasn't like, you know, sitting there like super happy that I, you know, was, was in the locker room or anything, but I look back at it and I feel pretty fortunate to have covered it. Yeah. For, for those of you who don't know what he's talking about, college basketball, Virginia was the number one seed in the NCAA tournament taken down by a number 16 seed first time in NCAA history. Um, so that's what he was talking about there. But, yeah. um, Next question. We usually ask this. Jared loves to ask this question a lot. Um, so we'll let you do this as well. Grade the Angels offseason so far. I'll go with a B. Um, and I, th- I say that because it's – one, I think it's incomplete incomplete because we'll, yep. we'll probably hopefully tomorrow be seeing tons of things happen. Uh, or today, I guess, because that's when this is coming out. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll say B because, you know, they let – I don't know if their starting pitching got them a lot better. I mean, they, they let you know, obviously let Alex Cobb walk and they signed Noah Syndergaard. And I don't know what Noah Syndergaard will bring. I don't really necessarily understand why Michael Lorenzo, who may very well be a good starter, was, was anointed that job without having pitched as a starter, you know, over the course of the whole season since 2015. Um, and he's also been hurt the last year. So it's, these are two guys that have just not pitched a lot recently. Um, and so it's, it's, Maybe they'll be good. They're power guys. They can and Lorenzen can hit too a little bit and play outfield, so that could be of use, especially in you know, Otani games. But um, yeah, I'll say B and and you know, uh, just uh, I love the loop signing. I think he's great. Um, glad that you know we're able to get Rysel back. Obviously, he's if not you know one of if not the very best closer in baseball or the American League certainly. So you know those are good additions. I think you know getting like Tyler Wade, Velasquez. Um, 
you know, those are good pickups, depth and shortstop, which they definitely need. But B, because it's it's just incomplete. I don't think they need to – I think they still have to get another pitcher, and they – you know, it depends on whether or not they're going to try and trade away, you know, a Marsh or an Adele for uh, a prime, you know, ace-type starting pitcher like, like Luis Castillo or something like that from the Reds. B with a chance to get I, better, Nate. There we go. Yeah. I don't want to get you in trouble, but, like, shortstop – are you okay with what they have right now? Would you like to see them go get somebody else? Would you like to see them make a trade? I don't want to get you in trouble though. So if this is something. Oh, you're not like, getting me in trouble. No, I took it. I get asked that all the time. Like, I think, um, yeah, I mean, listen, it's not ideal, but I also think that their lineup is good enough where if everyone's healthy, you know, like you have Trout, Otani, Rendon, Walsh, you know, you have enough hitters in there. The thing I find fascinating, and you guys maybe have like the totally opposite opinion is like, I just find David Fletcher to be such an interesting offensive player because he's objectively had like a bad offensive year last year, like a really bad offensive year. I know people love him because he gets, he's obviously a really hard worker. He's a good defensive player. He's, you know, a fan favorite. He goes out there every day and nobody can take that away from him, but just does not produce enough because he's only really a single center. He doesn't walk ever. So it doesn't drive and run. So I, the question I have is, if he's the shortstop, is that enough offense at that position? And the same question for Luis Ranjifo, who obviously does not have a ton of, you know, major league experience to kind of just be annoyed to that job to begin with as well. So do I think it's enough? No, but I also think they have enough around them to maybe make up for it. And, you know, you have other options internally. I'm really fascinated to see what, like, Brendan Davis brings when he comes to spring. He had an incredible year. That's the kind of player that, you know, maybe could – end up being in the major leagues at some point pretty soon. So yeah. Darren and I on that one, we kind of, we, we go back and forth, but like, honestly, if you can pick it and play a above average shortstop, we're fine with it. Um, and the David Fletcher thing, I think Jared and I are in agreement on this one. He hits ninth. Like that's where he should hit in the lineup. He should not lead off. He should oh, not yeah. hit two. He should hit ninth and be a tough out every single time. And, you know, hopefully get on base for Mike Trouter. Whoever you whoever you have leading off, I'll, I'll let Jared talk so I don't get anyone in trouble. So we'll go back to Jared and the, the last question. No, 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 you're good, you're good. Um, yeah, no, I mean on the David Fletcher front, he didn't barrel up a ball last year. I just want to throw that stat out there. That's like my favorite stat, uh, minus the swinging and missing that he doesn't do. Yeah, my two favorite things about he's David. such an anomalous player. He's like I cover Joey Gallo. He's like the opposite of Joey Gallo. He is. They're just like, but they're both like you know you watch them and it's like every it's just it, they're so unique. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's, it's a lot of fun. So last question, Nate, do you want to get it or you? No, go ahead. Take it. All right. I'll take it. Uh, way too early angels predictions. What do you got? What do you think the record's going to be way too early though? I know the offseason. If we're, if we're talking 162, hopefully um, uh, somebody asked me this earlier. I, I think I said, you know, you'd hope 87 to 90 wins um, because if you don't get that with Mike Trout and Shelly Hotani on your team, then, then you just need to just scrap it all and start over at that point. I mean, it's like you got to be able to get to the playoffs with those two guys. I, I don't care how you do it. It's just got to happen. Um, so I, I think it's a fair, it's a, it's a fair number, especially if they're, you know, the pitching is a little bit better. If, if, they, if they end up having a, similar issues as last year, though, you know, that might be too big of a, too big of a request of them. But, uh, you know, if it's an 162 game season, I think, you know, it also depends on the number of playoff teams, but I think they'll, they'll be in it for sure. Um, whether or not they make the playoffs probably depending on how many teams make the playoffs. And, um, you know, if, if this, if these starting pitchers end up at, you know, producing, you know, can, can Sandoval have a good year? 
can Griffin Cannon get back and maybe do something that, that, you know, be the pitcher that obviously people thought he could be for the last few years. Um, you know, those are, those are things that kind of need to fall into place, I think, for them to have a, a pretty special season. Absolutely. A lot of what ifs, definitely a lot of what I was going to say, very political answer. Yeah. No, <laughs> what, we talk- what would be, a, I'm curious, what would be like, we, what's well, like a, what's a non-politic, what would be like? A, well, I, I just wanted to know, like, if this team right now, if there were no trades, no more free agent signings, is this team winning 87 to 90 games? <sighs> well, we talk about this all the time because there's a lot of what ifs. You know, yeah, like, 100%. everything in the lineup is a what if at the moment, you know, I mean, even yes. Stroud's a what if, is he healthy? You know, is he, I mean, I, 87 to 90 to be high. I think it's possible. I don't think like there are some teams where you're just like, that's impossible. I don't think I look at the angels and say, that's an impossible. They could do even better than that. I mean, theoretically, yes. um, but it's, it would be tough. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of calculating the, the, the idea that they're going to at least sign like some other starting pitcher, uh, you know, but even if they don't, it's not like they don't have six guys that can go out there. So uh, yeah. they, they were able to, you know, they got in a lot of trouble at the end of last year when they had the COVID issues and injuries and just were throwing guys out there that should not have been there. Yeah. But um, I mean, I think they would, I think the angels and even the pitchers that were out there maybe would acknowledge the same thing. So, you know, it's, it's if they can, if they can you know, avoid some of that stuff, it's like, it's, it's a lot of what ifs. I think they have the roster to, to be decent. Uh, That's I, fair. Yeah, we know we're in agreement, hundred um, percent. You know, it's just a lot of what ifs for for sure. So, um, I, Sam, thanks so much again for for jumping on and talking with us. Absolutely, yeah. Time. Thank you for having me. Happy to come on. Well, literally whenever. So I appreciate it. I'm a big fan of you guys' work. So yeah, appreciate it. Thank man. you. We appreciate you as well. Yeah. Yeah. No. Th- throw the plugs out there again, man. Where do you? Where can we find you? Where can they go to get a subscription to the athletic? Just, all that I'll stuff. start with my Twitter. Yeah. Just go on on Twitter at Sam Lum three, the number three. So. Sweet. Love to get some followers, you know, <laughs> the brand going or whatever. So, and then I uh, yeah, obviously read the athletic uh, as always, hopefully everyone does that. Yeah, absolutely. You do a fantastic job again. Thanks man. So much. Thank for you guys on here. Um, yeah. And guys, thanks so much for listening and have a great rest of your day. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.